Hello, and welcome to the Joy of Geek podcast. I am Rich Lepore, and as much as I don't like to do this, I feel this episode does need a bit of an intro. It has some of the best content we've recorded in a while. We talk about the new Marvel Venom film. We talk about DC's DC Universe streaming service, as well as the first episode of its first live-action mature-rated DC series, Titans. So there's a lot of great conversation here. However... We recorded with both of us having bad internet issues over Skype, which is also something we usually try to shy away from unless it's absolutely necessary. So you're going to hear some pretty bad audio quality at times. I would argue, however, that every part of the podcast is listenable, and I did my best to edit out little little glitches and, and blips that we had to try to make it as listenable as possible, used a lot of little high-tech gimmickry. In the end, it's not perfect. But all the content is there, and we really wanted you to hear our thoughts on um, really two of the biggest happenings in comic book and superhero media lately, um, and two big underdog stories. So without any further ado, here is the Joy of Geek podcast. This is the Joy of Geek. Welcome to the Joy of Geek podcast. I am Rich Lepore. Kevin Chaver. And today we are going to talk about two big recent happenings in geek culture. The DC Universe streaming service and the new DC, no, excuse me, <laughs> Marvel film. Wow. I'll, I'll get a bunch of flack for that one. Yeah, I'll get a bunch of flack for that one. The new Marvel <laughs> film, Venom. However, not not, I might add, um, in the MCU, nor is it connected to the MCU in any way. A very interesting entry that there's been a a lot of interesting talk about that that angle of things, too, because the movie has been more successful than originally anticipated. Um, I certainly enjoyed it more than I was expecting to. We'll talk more about exactly how we both felt, right? Um, Sure, very much so. um, But yeah, it's definitely one that uh, people were very skeptical about going in in terms of uh, not only it being disconnected from the MCU, but for it to be a movie with Spider-Man characters that had nothing to do with Spider-Man and no mention of him. It was very much a risky idea, um, and it's turned out to be wildly successful uh, on a box office level. And uh, many fans, I mean, even though there were a lot of negative reviews, it um, it has also struck a chord with many fans, so we'll talk about that for sure. It's definitely uh, divisive, but um, but you know we'll talk about our thoughts and uh, about expectations going in, all of that. Awesome. And you know, speaking of striking a chord, um, we'll also be talking about the DC Universe streaming service, which has, I may say, struck a chord with you, Kevin. We absolutely. So I've been playing with this app for nonstop for about a week now, That's and awesome. yes, I have. M- there. Yeah, um, I think with, it's. I think uh, from the little bit that I've been hearing from you, it's much more than you thought it would be. It really is, and I'll I'll get into it more once we get to that part of the episode. Um, but yeah, it's not just you know a streaming service of just DC movies and TV. It's got a lot more content to offer, which I'll talk about in full detail. Beautiful. Well, I will be very curious. I've only just scratched the surface. I started my trial out as well, but I have just scratched the surface on uh, checking it out. So I have a lot of questions and curiosity there. But first, like we start all episodes, let us talk about some recent news. 
Um, news editor Kevin hit me up with some recent cool. geek culture news. Well, and actually, real quick before we get to that, I have one thing I want to share. When uh, So I was exploring the Twitterverse uh, about a couple weeks ago, and I came across this tweet directed at us. And so this is from at St. Mark 5, and it says, Wish I could be on the Joy of Geek, if only so I can rescue the hosts every time they can't remember the name of an actor or title. My phone and desk and steering wheel can't take much more punishment. Oh, no, no. <laughs> no I had to laugh hysterically. No, this guy Mark and I, we engaged in a conversation off that. So, um, but, and it was hilarious. And I actually found out he's like a filmmaker and stuff. So, hey, Mark, we may actually bring you on the show at some point. So awesome. You yeah, may we- get your way. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's just one of those things. Wow, I feel like being defensive, but I think I won't, and I'll just take it in the spirit <laughs> it was intended. Um, and, and I'm not at all because I'm I'm very self-deprecating, so I loved it. But and it's so true because I thought about episodes where I've done that. I, like we even on the Ant Man one, I couldn't remember um, some of the characters' names and all that, and I was just like beating my. I was like the um um um, and I was like <laughs> so yeah. I, I appreciate this being called out for it. Okay, it, it, it's all good. Well, we'll yeah. we'll get on we'll get on <laughs> our yeah. game there, so your steering wheel can uh, can it rest. Um, exactly. We anyway, either, but, but thanks for listening. That's one hey, of the, hey, that's one of the things about that's nope, one of the I, things. I'm sorry, what? No, I was gonna say pretty much the same thing. Like I. I, I welcome any comments from listeners out yeah. there. Yeah. Well, that's that's one of the interesting things about this podcast, right? We have a lot of listeners. It's clear from the metrics. We know people listen. We know you like our podcast. We love recording our podcast. But we want to hear from you. So let us know uh, what you think of everything. You can help guide the direction of the show to some extent. Um, so let us know what you think. Um, and, Kevin, what do you think about – I'm going to try my second segue. Hopefully this one lands – what do you think <laughs> of good, no the, the most recent geek culture news, Kevin? So we have several on this front. Um, the first one I'm very excited about. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. It was about a week or so, a week and a half ago maybe. Um, but we've heard about the that John Favreau has been de- uh, developing a live-action Star Wars series, which uh, we recently found out will be on the, D- the Disney streaming service because you know there's not enough streaming services now. We have to... Disney has to create their own now, um, but it will be on that show. But we know that he's been developing this for some time. We have not been giving any plot details or anything other than that it was going to be a live-action Star Wars series set in some area of the universe. We now know um, what it's going to be called and have uh, just a, gen- a general description of it. Um, so it's going to be called The Mandalorian, which, as every Star Wars fan will know, refers to the race of Boba Fett and Jango Fett. And so it's going to be about a bounty hunter that it's it's after the time of Boba and Django. Um, but from the initial character designs that um, Favreau teased, it's going to be a char- character who looks very similar to that. You know, this really badass bounty hunter. Um, and, the, and the storyline is set in between uh, Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. So we get in it's we know it's going to be in that time frame of like, when the first order is rising up and we know it's gonna be about a bounty hunter. So, so I'm already sold on, on that. Um, they also announced that s- several directors for it, um, Taiki Watiti, who directed your favorite MCU movie, uh, Thor Ragnarok. Love it. Um, love Bryce it. Dallas Howard is another director. I don't, I don't um, love her as Dave much. Will- if I'm remembering correctly, she did like one of my least favorite episodes of black mirror. Um, what else has she done? Okay. I don't really know what else she's directed. I mean, I know her from the Jurassic World movies, but 
Um, oh, right. I don't, uh, and but I don't really know much about her directing, so that's good to know that yeah, she did an episode of Black Mirror. I was not aware of that. I um, believe so. I believe so. I know she was. I think she did uh, Nosedive, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, I'll look. I'll fact check that later. If not, um, somebody can sure. can do it for me. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, um, they're on board. Uh, Dave Filoni, who is the main guy behind uh, Star Wars: The Clone Wars and Star Wars: Rebels, so he's been in the Star Wars universe for a long time. This will now be his first foray into directing something live action in that universe, so that'll be really exciting. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited. I believe this is launching sometime in 2019. Well, I guess whenever the Disney service launches, it'll be one of the first things I imagine they'll pull out on there. Um, but it's really exciting. I mean, John Favreau is writing, producing. Um, they've got some other really good talent. No casting announcements or anything yet. Um, but just that storyline alone, I'm really intrigued by. So uh, do you have any thoughts? Uh, I do. First, I want to correct and say, no, she played a character named Lacey Pound in the episode Nosedive, but did okay. not did not direct it. Her her uh, directing gotcha. credits um, are, are much more... Um, much lower profile. So like a, 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 right, a right. mini series documentary short on Vanity Fair, um, some M83 video short, Call Me Crazy, a five film. So li- little stuff. This is her first like legit opportunity to direct. Um, right, and it looks right. like she's directing. Yeah, it doesn't say the episode name. OK, so my thoughts on The Mandalorian. Um, I actually this is news to me. So you're informing me as well. So I'm going to give you my like okay. super quick off the cuff th- off the cuff thoughts. And that is okay. sounds solid. Um, how many episodes do we know? Do we know like men- when it may come or we don't know I, any of that? I don't think they've announced that yet. I'd have to look. I'd have to check. But oh, that's OK. I, I was just curious. Somewhere... No, I don't think because it is. This was the most they revealed yet as far as like. Title and storyline, and mm-hmm. then, or like, I mean, not even storyline, more like, you know, just log line, um, and then a few directors. Well, but, it says it says uh, right here. No, it says on IMDb that it's filming currently, so that's, I mean, I'd say probably next year. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, no, I mean, as long as the service, I am, I'm expecting the Disney service to launch somewhere late 2019, um, because they said that Ant Man and the Wasp will be the last, um. MCU movie to come on Netflix and everything after that will be going to the Disney service. So, um, I see what you so mean. Yeah. I see what you mean. Timeline. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, anything, uh, oh, so we got Captain Marvel, uh, far from home and then, um, an infinity, uh, war part two or whatever they call yeah. it. What, what is it called? Do we know? They haven't announced the title. Yet. They They're, still haven't been, announced feel- the title. Now there's like, I heard at one point the closest thing was Endgame, possibly. But no, I think they're really waiting till the last minute to when they have to to announce it. I guess they're that interesting makes sense. To, I mean, we've seen barely anything. There, I mean, there are a few images that have leaked online. Um, the Russo brothers, R- Russo brothers, sorry, um, just said that they're done with it. Um, so it's you know, it's I guess in the post production stage now. But no, they're keeping everything really top secret. Wow. Okay. Hey, that's fine. The best I mean, thing about. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm saying I don't really want to know everything going in, so I'm. I'd rather just give you know little tidbits and and wait for it to come out to find everything. Absolutely. Well, that's the best thing about um, you know the the whole all the Avengers um series right now. 
is is that is the is the, you know everybody everybody loved and hated it, but ultimately loved the ending of of three. Um, and uh, you know the more we learn about maybe um, you know characters may or may not you know live or die, and may or may not be you know being stored inside a, a power gem. And, you know, the more I learn about that kind of stuff, Gamora, um, um, the more I learn about that kind of stuff, the, the less I, I, I'm excited. You know, I want to, I want to be surprised right. on the day. And, and, and that's the point right. of those movies. And, and so if that's what they're doing, you know, more power to them. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. Uh, what else? Yeah. Uh, okay. So that's the Mandalorian. Uh, I think, you know, we're both pretty excited about that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, well, I mean, why yeah, wouldn't yeah. I want to see, a bounty hunter show that also is no longer beholden to any particular mythos or any particular lore. Exactly. Like, yes, exactly. please. Yep. You know, it also, it also harkens to, uh, whatever, um, the other trilogy that was being worked on in the star Wars film series. Right. You mean the Ryan Johnson one? Yes. Or? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that one, we still have really no information about, but, we know he's working on it, but um, but yeah, that one is total. Also, is going to be you know totally new characters and will likely be set after the events of like episode nine, I would think. AKA um, can go anywhere it wants. Exactly, because it's not tied to the Skywalker saga. It's just it's going to be very much its own thing. So it's excellent, exciting. excellent. Well, hey, no one better to do it than him. Um, anyway, on that note, uh, next up. Cool. So next up. This is kind of a surprise, um, and we haven't talked much about this guy um, since all the controversy took place around the time of San Diego Comic-Con this year. But um, as we all know, James Gunn was fired from Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and fired from Disney and Marvel um, back in July. And it was announced last week that DC has apparently um, hired him to write Suicide Squad 2, and he might direct as well. Guess who, um, guess who made a, an amazingly good decision? Yeah. DC. I mean, finally. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just, it's a big loss for Marvel, for sure. Um, and DC was pretty smart to snatch him up, I think. Well, um, I mean, the reality but, is, the reality is that, that stuff that he did, it, it, everybody that knows him now knows him to not be that person anymore. And so yeah. basically he was a, he was a casualty of what we're all afraid of and that is Disney and Fox and everybody getting too big one big company that can be completely destroyed if advertisers and certain groups pull out that is just another one of the fears that we have with these with these companies getting too big and all consuming um yeah. is, is that you know if if now they have you know a million different people they ha- they're beholden to to make happy and, you know, people like him, you know, go down. And I'm not saying one way or another whether um, about the comments themselves, but I will say that, you know, the guy he is now is now working at DC, and they're really happy to have him as well. I think they should be. Yeah, I agree. Well, and I mean, it, on a, uh, another note, you know, just on Friday, Marvel, do you know Chuck Wendig, the comics writer? No, not really. Not He's a he's a comics writer and novelist, written a lot of Star Wars stuff. He got fired from Marvel for another thing of like tweets and stuff that wasn't like that, but it was just like politically charged and 
use a lot of profanity and that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, that's, and, that's, yeah, that was, that's, that's not necessary. Yeah. I mean, I feel, honestly, once you have a public persona, it, it, it's unless your public persona is, and, your, and your creative work is directly in line with, with your political views, it's, uh-huh. it, you, you better be careful. Now, do what you yeah. want. I mean, I'm all about free speech. But free speech is exactly that. You are free to represent yourself however you want. But don't get mad if people look at what you're representing yourself to be and draw conclusions based on it. That's their right also. So, you know, you got to be careful what you do. I don't know any of the details of that, so I'm speaking completely blind right. here with no horse in that race. But you got to be really right. careful when you start getting A, profane, B, heated, and C, political. Um, that, you know, that th- we live in a very politically charged climate. And, uh, you know, people feel like politics is identity nowadays. And, you know, I'm a registered independent and, and I find very hard because, you know, I have views on both sides of things. But people are so passionate about their views and they're so intense. It's like, I mean, y- you could be friends with somebody one day and not their friend the next day based on like one political view. It seems that charged. So it just scares yeah. me, the whole thing. No, it really is. It's a, I mean, Social media and all that—it's—it's it's just crazy that that's—it's having that effect. But yeah. Um. But yeah. And so uh, back to the James Gunn story, though. Sure. But yeah. So he is. Um. So he's definitely writing Suicide Squad two. He might direct. Um. Which I think it's the most ir- the biggest irony of that is that when you look at the first Suicide Squad movie, so that one you remember when they aired like the first footage and teaser trailers for it back in like 2015 or whatever. Um, maybe even earlier than that, I can't remember, but it was, had this really dark, grim aesthetic to it. And it looked like it was going to be like a hard R and just very dark and very, you know, I mean, there, it looked like there was going to be torture scenes with Joker and Harley and all this stuff. And then there was a culmination of a couple things with, you know, the critical and fan backlash to BBS and then, um, the success of Guardians of the Galaxy. And when you look at the final product of Suicide Squad, the first movie, even though, you know, amid all the reshoots and all that, it was clear that the studio was trying to really deliver a kind of Guardians of the Galaxy mimic to it in many respects. And now they're hiring the man who inspired all that to do the sequel. So it's it's really funny how all that happened. I'm really glad Um, you said that because it just gave me a thought. And my thought is this. Wouldn't it be wonderful? And my favorite thing pretty much ever, and this relates to the politics thing, this relates to everything, my favorite thing from early on in life, even better than things just being good all the time, is when you can take a bad thing and make it good. And that sounds really yeah. generic, but I love that. I love a good redemption story. Everybody does. Um, and yeah. And the truth is... If it took James Gunn getting fired and going through all that stuff, I'm sorry that happened to him. That's That's terrible. It's hard to go through. I can only imagine how he felt, how his fans felt. But... If that led us now to, like, the best Suicide Squad movie we could ever have for the sequel, like, let's celebrate that. That rules. Like, otherwise, if that hadn't happened, we couldn't have a James Gunn Suicide Squad. Not ever. Um, Right. In a different universe where that crazy stuff didn't happen, we wouldn't have that movie. And, yeah, right now, sitting on this side of it, knowing what the result of Suicide Squad 1 was, yeah, it's easy to say, well, I kind of wish he was still doing Guardians, you know? But... We don't know. You, who knows? He could redeem the entire DC uh, EU with this with this one. I mean, he really has heat. He has heat, and he's plugged into the zeitgeist. He gets it, um, and in a way, he didn't get it eight or nine years ago when he was tweeting away, right? 
Um, he yeah, he yeah. gets it, man. He knows what's what's what people are into right now. He knows what humor is hot. He knows how to bring in former wrestlers and make them viable as actors. Something I didn't even. I, it took me forever to get on board with Drax. I'm still not fully on board, you know. Um, he well, just speaking of that, actually, yeah. Uh, speaking of that, Dave Bautista has also said that he wants in on it if James Gunn is involved. So, um, so especially if Gunn directs it, I think we have a good chance of seeing him in the movie as either. I mean, char- I can see him as several characters: Heat Wave, Bane. Um, they're you know definitely a plethora of DC characters, actors like Gunn and actors like him and Michael Rooker and all those guys. Um, and so, I think we, yeah, it's very possible to see some of the Guardians maybe come over to the DC Universe as well. Awesome. Hey, why not? Why not? I mean, yeah. what's, what's his name? Oh, here we go for, for our favorite guy. Um, what's the dude? I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Um, the dude who was in uh, No Country for Old Men, and he's in like all the DC movies as villains. Cable. What's the guy's name? Uh, oh, uh, Josh Brolin? Yeah, Josh Brolin. There yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So Josh Brolin um, is every villain in every movie. You know, and he is right. DC, and he is Marvel, and he doesn't give a fuck. Um, and you know, it, it could be that same thing where we just have, you know, like, oh, look, you know, there's, uh, there's Bradley Cooper playing rocket raccoon over there. Here he is. You know, uh, people will cross the line and that's great. That's how it should be. Well, and also, I mean, you'll see the guardians probably show up like, however, they Avengers, um, infinity war part two plays out, you know, like how they, uh, revive everyone at the end. But because of all the things with gun, Guardians 3 has been put on hold, and so, and they, I mean, they've kind of made it clear they're not really in any rush to get that made now, and so, yeah, that does free up a lot of those actors. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. You know, that also, that means there's probably a lot of behind-the-scenes shit going on we don't know about, like actors saying F you, you know? I think so, too, yeah. I bet you Well, I mean, Batista was very public about um, his you know, displeasure with Disney for how they handled everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, he came out and did, said blatantly in interviews and tweets and all that, I don't really care if I lose my job over this, but I'm really pissed at Disney right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And so, which is bold, yeah. man, because they own yeah, like 50% is. of the uh, stratosphere, you know? So anyway, I mean, but he's, uh, you don't, you don't want to mess with that guy. He's like, I mean, uh, he's yeah. tracked real life. So I guess, I guess <laughs> like, He's like, you can do it. I read someone interview with them and he was like, I grew up on, you know, like, uh, um, in a very unprivileged environment. Like I'll go back to uh, wrestling if I have to in order to make money, but I'm not like, he basically said, I'm not compromising anything just, you know, just to keep my job. So, I mean, yeah, he's got, he was made it very clear on that. And I would venture to say Michael Rooker is not, well, Michael Rooker character is dead anyway, but um, I would venture to say if he if his character were still alive, I would he would probably be in the same boat as well. But yeah. All right. What's next? Um, OK, so we have that um, on a quick comics note. Um, so you've heard if you listen to the show recently, you've heard me talk a lot about Sean Gordon Murphy's Batman White Knight series, which is a phenomenal book uh, that has now been incorporated to the DC Black Label imprint. Um, and it's basically a book about what if, you know, the roles of Batman and Joker were kind of reversed and Batman was more the villain Joker who was the protagonist and how that plays out. It's a phenomenal book. I highly recommend getting it. Um, Sean Gordon Murphy wrote and illustrated 
and the trade is out now. Um, he's also, I think, going to be doing a director's cut at some point as well. Uh, but he announced in the last couple of weeks that he's going to be doing a sequel called Curse of the White Knight, and it'll be focused on Azrael, which is a, yeah, a pretty um, famous Batman love, character. Love that character. Always yeah, love great. that character. He's great. Um, you know, he first appeared in the Nightfall trilogy. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just so that's going to be really exciting to see kind of what alternative take he takes on. He does with that character. Um, so that book will be I think he said he's going to launch it in 2019 as well. So nice. Uh, so that I'm really excited about 2019 um, shaping up. It is. It really is. Um, and then quick one before I get to my I've got two MCU stories here. One positive, one negative. Um, the positive one, it's really not a surprise at all, but it, you know, it's worthy of celebration nonetheless. Um, but Ryan Coogler has officially signed on to write and direct Black Panther 2. Oh, jeez. Um, like, oh, come on. Not surprising, but, like, but, I mean, hey, it's good to know that that's official. All right. Um, all right. Um, but, uh, well, I wanted to say something positive before we get to the <laughs> next. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. You probably, I know you don't have internet this week, but I'd be surprised if you haven't heard about this one. Um, but, uh, so Iron Fist may be immortal in the comics, but yeah. not so much in the TV universe. I so, have heard about this. Uh, one. Netflix, yep, Netflix officially canceled Iron Fist on Friday. Um, we're recording on Monday. They, were, they canceled earlier let, uh, over the weekend. Let me tell so, you my number yeah. one, let me tell you my number one hot take on this. Hot okay. take, hot take number one. I really hope that the fact that Iron Fist got a 10-episode second season was indicative of a new move to 10-episode seasons and not a shortened final season situation. I really, really hope that's what that means. Because the first thing I thought of was, wow, 13, then 10, then out. Yeah. Um, And, you know, and and I just, I don't know what, what it all means, but I just really, really hope that, Actually, do, is Daredevil? What? No, Daredevil's not out yet. I wonder if we know how many Daredevil is yet. Is it ten or thirteen? I wonder. I bet you uh, somebody yeah, knows. Exactly. It comes out on Friday, but um, I are I you going to binge it? 13, but uh, I, we'll see. I, I'll watch a good part of it this weekend. I think I don't. Um, but I'm seeing how we got. We're seeing Halloween on Friday too, so I got to um, have time for that as well. I know but, we got a lot going on. I don't know if I can do a straight binge, but. I probably maybe in like over the course of a week or so. I don't know. We'll see. That's right. It sounds. Uh, uh, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. That's a good. That's a good point. I nope. Don't know nope. 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 Thirteen freaking episodes, dude. It's thirteen. Okay. Really. Thirteen episodes. At least that's what Wikipedia says, and that's you know yeah. this close. That's probably pretty accurate. Oh yeah, yeah. I would think so. Yeah. Why? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like. Yes, Iron Fist was the least favored among the Marvel Netflix shows, but um, but I heard. I mean, I haven't gotten to watch season two yet, but I've heard it's a lot better. Uh, but I don't know. I have like my take on it is well, for one, I don't really know how Netflix determines it's because like ratings, you know, like on a cable network show, it's easier to turn you. It's like okay, you have if a show needs to get to this point on ratings in order to keep it going, it's a little more, you know, cut and dry. Do you know like what Netflix's algorithm for that is in terms of like, okay, if it gets this many streams, then we keep it going. Or like, how does that work? Not only do I, not only do I not know, 
but no one does. Yeah. It's a black box. Yeah. So I've looked this yeah. up a, a million different ways and a, di- a million different, you know, search queries to try to figure out like what they tell you and then every once in a while they'll give you like a little peek behind the curtain and you'll get a sense of like they'll say hey uh orange is the new black is our most watched series ever or um it turns out that luke uh uh not luke cage um iron fist um did just as well as the other marvel series uh you know even though critics hated it you know you'll hear things like that that it was still a huge success for them and it'll get renewed um I don't know. I I think that yeah. they they at least give every show two seasons. I think that's like pretty given. I've seen like one exception, maybe maybe two, but almost exclusively oh. every show that that they really care about or want or put money behind, they give it two seasons. I think they they really believe in that. Also, I saw some article. I never I didn't read it because I didn't want to get pissed off. But I saw this article somewhere on my phone on my stream pop up, and it said something along the lines of. Um, Netflix executives or, or friends of executives or something say that Netflix's salaries are so high that it's like they're using Monopoly or Play Money. It's so ridiculous how much money they pay everybody. So they are just throwing money around. Well, I, I mean, I can imagine that with like some of the projects they've got on there, and like they're getting some of really big, big, big budget movies on there. Like it's. Yeah, they've got money to throw around. It's play sure. money. I mean, I get it that they have, you know, tons and tons and tons of subscribers all forking out 12 bucks a month all over the world. And the minute your 12 bucks doesn't come in, boop, your screen goes black, you know? So, I mean, they have right. one of the best models for, you know, making sure that their flow, their cash flow comes through. It's a low barrier sure. to entry. But if you think about it, you know, unlike a cable company, for example, you don't pay your bill. It takes about a month and a half for your TV to get shut off. You don't pay your Netflix, Dang. man. Boom. Um, and and so they're, from that perspective, their cash flow is so consistent. I mean, they would really yeah. have to mess up, especially with the inertia they've built. You know, nobody doesn't have Netflix, whether they share it with a friend or family member or they have it themselves. Everybody has Netflix. Not so much yeah. Hulu, not so much cable. But everyone has Netflix, um, and it's just yeah, it's yeah. just one of those things. So I mean, they have a ton of money. Plus, like companies like Amazon, they're speculators. You know, they they're playing the long game. So they will throw tons and tons and tons and tons of money at projects just to make sure that they stay the dominant force. And that's fine. I and mean, I was really surprised that Iron Fist got canceled. Honestly, I really thought they'd just say I, fuck yeah. it. No, I was too. And I mean. I, I don't know if there, I mean, there, there could be several reasons. Like, number one, I'm, th- you know, one of the things I, I thought about was, and I, I really don't know how much this comes into play, but like I said, Disney's developing their own streaming service and they're developing Marvel content there. Granted, the Marvel Netflix shows, even though they are set in the MCU, they've had little to no ties to like the movies and yeah. everything else. It's, they've yeah. been really much their own thing. Like, they have crossovers, but. Feige has really expressed no interest in bringing those characters into the movies or having crossovers it's or anything. It's better that they don't. And it so, honestly is better that they don't. It's too I, big. It's too big, and the tone is so different on those shows than it is in the movies that, uh, you know, it it works as, like, their own thing. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it really did surprise me just because, I mean, yes, it was, it was the least favored, and, you know, I mean, I didn't really get into it, and... But I did hear that season two was better, and you know, and then the character I thought was better on Defenders, and uh, you know, there. But that was the other thing. Also, Defenders has not gotten a season two either, which 
Well, they don't, don't have any plans. By... They don't have plans. It is by design. So my understanding right. is right. they were leading up to that, and really they're just going with whatever they want to do. I mean, basically, essentially, Defenders was a one-off. It didn't do that well. I mean, I don't know about numbers, but I mean, it, it didn't do as well as Daredevil, I don't think, and things like that. And then yeah, also, no, it, it was actually... and also, okay. don't forget, um, Punisher is basically the new Iron Fist. Um, he rolled into town. Yeah, that's a good point. And and they were like they were, they were planning like functionally, um, financially, Marvel, whatever their investment, whatever their strategy was, is to have four series running concurrently, maybe a crossover at some point, right? They did their crossover. They had the and then the, there was just too much going on. That's five shows. I mean, now this yeah. gives them the opportunity to try something else new out, and then maybe down the road, Luke Cage drops off, or Jessica Jones drops off, and a new show sort of takes the mantle. So they could do that, you know, because three seasons of a show is pretty solid. Um, you know, you get three seasons that yeah, can, you can do a good that. ending with that. Well, that's a good point about Punisher too, because their original plan was just to have him as a supporting character and do. Right. And then everyone loved him. They gave him his own series. And I loved, I mean, I think a lot of people really loved um, his solo series. I mean, they did a really great job with that. Um, part of that was because the casting was so good. John Bernthal gave a phenomenal performance. And he's the so loved in the, in the most, you know, the most syndicated really popular is. show in the freaking world, or at least drama with The Walking yeah. Dead. I mean, right. you know, so they had a really good lead in with all that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, Finn Jones came from Game of Thrones. Yeah, it was just but like, nobody gives a shit about right? Finn Jones in like, Game of Thrones. John Byrne. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway. Eh, he's not. I mean, he's a pretty minor character, but yeah. minor, but very, very supporting in the earlier season. So it should have yeah, been Ryan I mean, Phillippe. Like that's all I'm going to say. It should have been Ryan Phillippe. <laughs> Enough said. Moving on. Moving on. If it had been Ryan Phillippe, if it, it'd be three. It'd be six seasons in a movie, man. Ryan Phillippe. That's all I'm saying. Hey, did, speaking of that, did you hear Good Reese Witherspoon place. has a new cookbook out? I did not hear Brian that. Ryan Phillippe no. probably walks by that cookbook in uh, in Walmart, and he's like, oh, my Every baby, yeah. my baby. She's everywhere, and I'm nowhere. Shooter got canceled, by the For way. Our... It got two seasons, but it, it got canceled. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, I saw that. Shooter. Yeah. Shooter got shot. Dude, yeah. <laughs> Anyway. Well, for our listeners out there, you can hear Rich's story about Ryan Phillippe on many other episodes. Um, <laughs> but it is, it is worth go, It is worth checking out. So if you're new to the show, go find the archived episodes. You can find exactly what he's talking about and his connection to actor Ryan Phillippe. Me, me and Phillippe um, go back. Yeah, That's so, all I'm saying. Emo Phillippe. Full life. Emo Phillippe. Time. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, but, yeah. So that's Iron Fist. I mean... Uh, you know, actually, Mark Bernardin brought up a point on Twitter the other day talking about it and giving his thoughts. And, you know, I mean, regardless, I mean, while I wasn't a big fan of the show, it does always suck when a TV show like that gets canceled because that is so many jobs lost, you know, um, not just I on guess. the writing staff, but you think of all the people involved, cast and crew. Um, I mean, I'm sure they'll find other work as well. That's but, a different thing. Uh, but that's that's kinda, not the same. No, 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 no. no. This, that's not the same thing. I, I, that's fine. Yeah, I Bernardin knows more about the game than I know, sure. But, like, these these Netflix shows, they're not exactly, like, canceled, not canceled. Netflix is different. Like, I would never feel like if I'm on a Netflix show that, like, I have a full-time job going forward. Like, Netflix shows are just – I don't know. It's different. It's not like a network job where, like, that network – I mean – 
I don't know. Maybe I don't know. And maybe Netflix shows are the same as having a really solid job. But it just feels much much looser to me. Um, that. But then again, Netflix has well, so much money like a, that. Uh, Go ahead. Well, it feels like us. Uh, I, I get what you're saying, but it's not made for us. Uh, but I mean, really, they're putting as much effort as they are into any other show. Like, I think it is very much full time job, and right because they're working on it long before the season. Yes, the, the whole season comes out at once, but it takes a lot of work and you know hiring a full staff and everything long before that. So it is very. I mean, it's different, yeah, from a cable network show, but it's. I would say it's the same kind of thing because because I, um, I mean it's just a different way to experience it and a different way for distribution. Yeah, no, I I, I understand that. I just, think, I, mean, I just feel like there's got to be some 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 more than just like the fact that I like I don't think I, I get your point and you're probably more right than I'm right on this one. But I will say this. There's got to be something. It's not. I'm not just being so shallow as to say, well, they all come out on one day, so that means they don't have a job the other 364 days. Like I, I get it, but I also understand what you're saying is that just because they don't come out over 13 weeks, that doesn't mean it doesn't take just as long to make. I get that. I get your point. It's valid. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. What else yeah. we got, man? What else uh, we got? Because I want to hear about some DC streaming, man. I want to hear about Titans. That's actually all for news, so I'm ready awesome. to talk about DC. All right, so, yeah. so here's where cool. I want to here's where I want to go with it. I want to hear right. what day you start you fired up that app and what it was like, like okay. minute one, minute two. What was it like? Okay, very good question. So, um, well, first a little backstory on this. So, like, and I talked about this in previous episodes. So, when they initially and when DC announced that they were developing their own streaming service, I thought, okay, cool. But I'm in the back of my mind, I'm going like, is there really enough content to warrant me subscribing to another streaming service? I mean, as much as I love DC and especially DC animation, um, for one, I own a lot of those. So like I own all of Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, Batman, the animated series, um, a good number of the DC animated movies. I own Batman Begins, the Dark Knight trilogy, all the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. So I was thinking, I'm like, is it really worth me getting this? Because I love that stuff, but I also own a lot of it. Is it really worth me paying, you know, a monthly or annual subscription? And then more things came out about it, and they said, no, this isn't just a streaming service. This is going to have a lot more to it. This is DC Universe, right? It's going to be very immersive. It's not. It's, it's going to it, have comics. It's gonna have, it matters. Yeah, it matters that it's not called DC Streaming Service. Exactly. Exactly. And so, um, so. Because of that, I was a little more interested in it. And then, you know, Titans was about to come out. I was like, all right. I mean, I, you know, and and part of it, too, uh, yes, I do own a good amount of the DC animated content. But there's still a lot I don't own. And, I mean, I've seen all the animated movies. But, hey, it would also be kind of nice to have one service where I can watch any of them at any time. Um, you know, anytime I want to watch Batman Year One, I can pop it on there um, on my iPad or whatever. And so... I, I think I signed up, I want to say, last Tuesday. Um, and there is a and free then, trial, by the way, for listeners. There's, there's a free trial. There's so, a free trial. So seven days, although I'm going to probably there's do it for trial. at least a month. Yeah, and I will say, I would go ahead and actually, if you're a DC fan, especially, like I would really recommend the annual subscription because that's what I'm doing, and it saves you a lot of money. It's only $75 bucks, um, annually, and which is like, it saves you like 20% from the monthly subscription. 
Um, so that's just my preference. I would recommend that. Um, but okay, so going back to your question. So yes, I signed it up on Tuesday. Um, let me think. I think the first thing I did was, so I looked around on it a little bit, kind of saw how the app was set up. Um, and I will just say that's probably the most impressive thing about it is it's a really nice interface, really easy to use app. Um, and all the content is really nicely organized. So let me just break it down for that, um, for you there. Got, of course, the movies and TV um, as kind of its main, you know, feature. And just to show, tell you some of the content here, which for me, you know, I was just like blown away for, you know, someone like you that's more into the original stuff and the, the newer stuff. That's why you might want to wait, you know, until and now the Titans is coming out and they're going to have more shows eventually. But for me, seeing scrolling through the movies and TV, seeing all the animated stuff on there, seeing the 90s Flash series with John Wesley Snip and then, um, you know, the Christopher Reeve Superman movies, the 1984 Supergirl movie, which, yes, that's a thing. Um, Linda Carter, Wonder Woman, um, George Reeve Superman, all these things. That just blew my mind to see all of that in one place. Um, you know, DC content going back to the 1940s and up until today. That was just awesome to see. So, so that's the first big thing is all the movies and TV. So, like, movies, as I said, they've got um, Dark Knight trilogy. With, they don't have Rises on there, but they have Batman Begins and Dark Knight. Um, they have Superman 1 through 4 with Christopher Reeve. Uh, they've got yeah, the 1984 Supergirl movie. Um, and then a ton of animated content. So, you know, of course, Batman the Animated Series, Batman Beyond, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, uh, Static Shock was a really good show. Uh, Young Justice, Teen Titans, um, just a ton of stuff there. Um, and then even old, like, serials and stuff, and stuff, stuff that is super retro and hard to find, which I just love. Uh, and so that's kind of the first page. Um, and then you go from there, the, and um, this is probably, I would say, was what uh, really drew me in and definitely compelled me to subscribe, um, is the comic section there. So uh, it's... The comic section is very much set up like Comixology. Um, it's really easy to download, you know, each issue on there. Um, and they're keeping, they're storing, you know, just thousands of comics on there at once, you know. And so uh, right now, you can expect there's a ton of Teen Titans content on there. So I'm currently going through uh, the Jeff Johns and Mike McCone, I think is how you say it, um, uh, Teen Titans run from 2003, which is fantastic. Um, it's got... Uh, Superboy, Wonder Girl, Beast Boy, Cyborg, um, Starfire, um, Bart Allen's Kid Flash. It's a great series. So I'm going through that right now. Um, and they've got, of course, you know, the Marv Wolfman, George Perez run, um, some of New 52, a little bit of Rebirth. Um, so a ton of T-Titans right now, of course, in anticipation of Titans. Um, and then, yeah, if you scroll through the comments content on there, you know, I mean, they, it's really neatly organized by character, by run. Well, I'm, let me um, say but, something real quick. So I'm looking at it right now. One thing yes. – can, can you hear me? One thing I'm a little disappointed – sorry to listeners, yeah. by the way, for, for if anything is cutting out. I'm going to put a, a disclaimer at the beginning. Our internet it just isn't working like it should tonight. But anyway, that aside, because there's a lot of like drops in, in me being able to fully hear you. But I think it's good enough that I'm getting every like most of what you're saying, so I think we'll be, we'll be good. Yeah. Anyway, um, the um, – 
I'm looking through this this lineup here, and it seems, and I, I don't know if this is going to change. I get it. There's a big difference. I guess what I want to say is there's a big difference between this and uh, Marvel Unlimited. Um, this yes. this is not this does not have like full runs of anything from that I can see. What I see here is like for example Nightwing, the 2011 uh, Nightwing uh, book, you know that I loved with uh, you know Dick Grayson and yeah. it was just the new 52 Nightwing. There's seven issues. Right. Like why is there yeah, only seven yeah. issues? Like why why not have 25 issues? What do they care? You know, and like I don't know, I, that's weird. And then even like it looks like they have a little more of the really older stuff, like the '96 Nightwing run. It looks like that one runs a little longer, right. so that one's like 25 issues. So that's cool. Um, some of the really old stuff, I see some stuff, but I mean, it's definitely like limited versus like you know, versus. I mean, it's cool, it's curated. So in a way, that's good because you know the thing about uh, Marvel Unlimited is it's incredibly intimidating. You roll in there and like you don't know what to read. You know, it's kind of like Netflix. It's like, what do I read? Because um, everything's here and everything's complete. And the way they did it was, the way they limited it so they could still make money on their comics is you don't get to read anything in the last six issues. But pretty much everything else is there. Six huh. months, you mean? I mean six months. I'm sorry. Uh, well, six issues, yeah, yeah, six yeah. months. Yeah. Isn't that kind of the same? No? Right. Well, yeah. Yeah, okay. true. Yeah, right. yeah. Anyway. The last... no, eight, yeah. Uh, you're right. Some, some things are bi-monthly. So you're absolutely right. Um, but basically, you know, that's ve- it's very it's way more robust. Now, granted, that's like I think eight bucks for all the comics. There's no TV in there, but you get every comic they ever made. Versus this, which has a you know what you're going to talk about in a minute is all the original TV series. Um, so there's a lot here. It's just I really hope they make this more robust going forward. I don't know. No, no, and actually, you, the point that point you made has been made by many people on the forums and stuff. So. Um, and they've said that this is just kind of a starting ground. They will expand. Uh, but this is sort of because they just launched it. Uh, they are, you know, just kind of trying it out and they wanted to kind of. Uh, so there are a lot of omissions there. I mean, like the Jeff Lowe Batman stories, which are my favorites. They're not on there right now. Um, and then there's a lot. There's not a lot of Superman, you know. And here's but, another example. Uh, and, here's another example. Batman Arkham yeah. Reborn. I think that's a four-issue mini, and they have three of them. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. weird. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I know, it's, it, it's it, early. Like, it's early. I don't want to shit on it. Like, for seven ninety nine and with right. a free trial, I mean, and six twenty five. I did the math on your annual plan. I mean, it's insane what you get for your money, especially given what you're going to talk about in a minute about their rollout for the original right. content. But still, like, I, this needs to get more robust, because I don't want to read one issue of Batman Superman and then be like, well, shit, what am I going to no, do now? I- Sure, sure. No, I agree. And it, I mean, it is a starting point. And there are a lot of things where especially like, you know, it, um, there's not a lot of new 52 and rebirth, I will say that. Um, so if you're really into the new stuff, you're not going to get as much. It's going to it's a lot of the retro stuff on there. So um, and part of it is, you know, if you look, to, if you go through the library, too, you can see kind of like that they are really focused on content. of their upcoming original shows. So that's why you're going to find a lot of Teen Titans, a lot of Doom Patrol, a lot of Swamp Thing, you know? Um, And so I think it will change as it goes along. But someone did suggest that to make, like, use the same um, format as Marvel Unlimited and have all the books there except for everything in the last six months, which, again, I don't know. Like you said, I don't know if that would be possible. 
all the other content you get on the app that, you know, it's not just a comics app. I think if they just as a comics one, that would be possible. But, you know, that is a lot of, um, you're, you're breaking up real bad, man. I can't hear you barely at all. Um, okay. I can hear you right now. Now you sound good. Can you hear okay, me? Okay, cool. Yep. I'm going to mark this time down and, okay. I'll, and I'll move back. Anyway, go, go back and say, okay. and say, um, so you don't know if that's possible because of all the content, because of all the other content. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, they could do like, I don't know if that is possible to do the same format as Marvel Unlimited, uh, just because, you know, they also have to store all their movies and TV shows and news content, community if there's were just a comics app, that might be possible. Um, granted, I don't really know all of the um, technical details of that and how all that works. But um, and personally, I still think it's a good amount of content there to start with. And like they said, they're going to add more. You know, I mean, they and actually so bringing and that brings me to the community forums aspect of it. So another thing on the app is like you can engage in online discussions with other users on the app. And that was actually one of the questions that one of the moderators asked was, hey, what kind of comics do you guys want to see added to this in the future? And um, so it's clear that they're definitely taking all that into consideration um, that they are going to add more books and more shows, uh, more movies as it goes along. Um, but I think for, you know, a starting point, all the stuff that there that's there is really great. You know? Yeah, no, um, I like what I'm seeing as I, you have to just go into this. Not not like a completionist. You've got to go into this as a exactly. as a sampler. You got to say, exactly. okay, I can come in here and like, ooh, Constantine's all here. The uh, yeah. st- be surprised by stuff, you know, like ooh, right, right. ooh, um, here is Riddle Me This shorts from 2013 from DC Nation. Right. I wouldn't even have right. known where to look for that, or, exactly. or or the one about Green Arrow. Like, where would I even find that stuff? And so that that's really cool. So exactly. you have to go into this not being pissed off. Like my normal, uh, in, you know, way of thinking would be like, "Are you serious? Batman Begins, Dark Knight, but not Rises? Like, I, you know, that's my that's normal rich. You know, I'd be like, that's just annoying. But it, 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 instead, if Sampler Rich were to come into town and say, for eight dollars, look at all the stuff I can just sample, that's pretty rocking. And if in three or four months from now, once it really gets rolling, it's a lot better. Then I'd say you got a good service on your hands. And that, I think that's the, the mentality you should go in with, um, you know, because, I mean, you think about like when Netflix started out, I mean, it didn't have nearly as much content as it does now, especially on the original side of things. I mean, there's what, like House of Cards and Orange is the New Black were like their main original shows. And now they're popping out one every week. So, right, you right. know, when you think about it from that regard, they're going to add more. Like, I mean, and that's what I think, you know. So don't be put off by that, you know? Um, so I, in terms of, like, the content there, I really don't have any criticisms for. And I'll get to Titans in a minute because I want to talk about that separately. But um, the one other thing they have on there is um, that I really like is so they have daily news content, which they have this show called DC Daily that's exclusive to the app. Um, and it's really cool. It's got – so it runs Mondays through Fridays, uh, and it's basically a 20-minute show where you have several hosts on there. They talk about the news going on in the DC universe that day. Um, and then they have one of their hosts talk about something related to TV, whether it's, you know, an episode of something in the Arrowverse or uh, an episode of, sh- of a show that you can watch on the app. 
Um, and then they do a panel discussion and the panels often have either a comics creator on there or an actor. So like I've watched one with John Barrowman and then another with uh, Sam Humphreys, the comic writer. Yeah. And so those I really like because it's just, you know, it's like this. It's extremely just nerdy conversations and um, and it's really positive and a really cool environment. And it's really refreshing to see just because when you follow, you know, a lot of the big entertainment sites like IGN and stuff on Facebook and Twitter, a lot of the conversations there and this isn't the, on the fault of, you know, the, the people producing that content, but a lot of the conversations there tend to be really negative and a lot of, you know, just like trolls online, you know, I mean, you know how it is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this kind of negative. Yeah. And so that's probably what I like most about the app is I've been impressed by just, I mean, I love that, you know, the DC daily and I love the forums there that all the conversations have been really positive and they, they work really hard to, make that energy and that vibe really positive and just like, you know, an environment for DC fans to come together and actually say, you know, Hey, talk about what comics you love, what movies you love, what shows you love. And I really like that, you know, I mean, it's refreshing in a world of really toxic fandom and, um, you know, social media and stuff. So that's what I really like the most. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is that, uh, they have this, uh, you can kind of see it too. If you go on the homepage, and you scroll down. So they have like built-in encyclopedias on the uh, that have all this information about uh, all your favorite characters. So like, let's say you want to learn more about Nightwing. So you can go to Nightwing's encyclopedia page. You can learn about his full origin. You can learn about all his major appearances and what comic runs that um, you should really check out. Um, any TV and movie appearances, all of that. And so. I really like that feature because it makes it really easy to, um, you know, if I want to learn more, like, for instance, I want to learn more about Hawk and Dove because they're going to be on Titans um, this week. And um, I, you know, I mean, I've seen Hawk and Dove in the Justice League animated series, but I've never really read many comics with those characters. And so I would love to check out, you know, OK, where do I start, you know, with Hawk and Dove? Where do I find stories about them, you know? It'll be um, a whole hell of a lot feature. better. It'll be a whole hell of a lot better when yeah. the first, when there's like you know, twenty five different issues to read. Also, you know, <laughs> and it's like, hey, you should check out their you should check out their first appearance. Here it is, you know, and that'll be awesome once that's there. Yeah. Um. So I could no, see it, you're it, buying I mean, in. Thing. And let me say this as as a, as a um, you know, meta comment to viewers or listeners. Kevin doesn't stream, subscribe to streaming services. Like he's got Netflix through somebody, I think. And you know, no, I, oh, I'm sorry. Netflix. Go ahead. Yeah, I pay for Netflix, and then yeah, I I use your HBO account, and then um, and then my family shares an Amazon one. That no, I wasn't yeah. even. I wasn't but, saying yeah. it as a criticism. I was just saying sure. you're very choosy about what you right. subscribe to. Like you're not like some sure. people who have six or seven streaming services. So you, I, I'm, right. I'm saying that. To show, like, this is big that you're into this. Yeah, absolutely. This is a no. This you're is absolutely a right. I mean, this is the, and yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a. I think for you know, I would highly recommend it for any DC fans. Um, it just uh, really got a lot of old content, a lot of new stuff, all the cartoons I grew up and loved, uh, grew up with and loved, and uh, so yeah, it's just got a lot to offer. Um, and I will say, really, the only criticism. Uh, is that, and this may be a you know, right to or something, I don't know, 
But as far as I know, it's not available on PlayStation or Xbox right now. So that does prohibit a lot of people from like watching it on their TVs and stuff like that. Uh, so it you know, it's really easy to use on like an iPad or a phone. But um, but yeah, I would like it for it to be available on those services. Wait, just so is it, it on Roku? Easier what, is it, to what is it on? I don't know. I don't know anything about Roku, so I don't know. Um, okay. I think it's on Amazon Fire. So like, if you have an Amazon Fire Stick or anything like that, or Amazon TV. Apple TV, um, any phone, any iPad, and then of course computers and stuff. But, um, but yeah, I, but still, I, I mean, just for an app like this, I, I do hope that they'll bring it to like PlayStation, Xbox eventually. Um, oh, of course. I think that would, you know, but, but again, I don't, I have no idea how all that works. So, you know, it may be a rights issue. And also, I mean, another thing with like rights and stuff. So the, the Arrowverse shows are still tied up with Netflix. So they are here right now. And also, oddly enough, the the DCEU movies are not on here, which that I don't really understand because, like, that's, you know, direct DC and Warner Brothers. Wonder Woman, Justice League and stuff aren't on here, but um, but they may be eventually, you know. I mean, I'm sure they're working to get it on here. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, but regardless, I mean, there's okay. still a lot to offer. Well, before you go into Titans, we're going to have to stop the call and try to restart. Okay. And we're back for part two, and I could not be more excited to hear how uh, Titans episode one, which, by the way, for anybody who doesn't know, they're only releasing one episode at a time um, okay. per week. Uh, so Titans episode one launched on uh, on Friday. Um, Correct. For, and for a service that needs lots of content fast, man, that's an odd... I, I guess I get it, um, but... Well, it's... I mean, when you think about it, it's... For one, they want to have a reason for people to actually subscribe, you know? So yeah. instead of launching it all at once, because then people could do the free trial, watch all, you know, 10 or 11 episodes of Titans, and then, you know, and then they can kind of check out, you know? and Yeah. Uh, and so... And since that's their only original content so far, um, you know, it may change. That model may change as they, uh, you know, launch Doom Patrol and Swamp Thing and Harley Quinn and all of those. But for now, I mean, I get it from a business perspective. No, me too. Me yeah. too. It's just that it's too bad that they couldn't have, like, like this and Swamp Thing ready to go right yeah, now. I, I guess they can't. Sure. I guess they can't. But, you know, it's, it's hard, just yeah. like there should be a little more than one episode of 45 minutes or whatever it is. Anyway, yeah. that yeah. said, um, everybody went up in arms about the trailer where yeah. uh, uh, a certain important character says F Batman. I yeah. now understand that it was taken way out of context and the episode yeah. is actually pretty good. Is that right? Yeah, it's not too bad. I will say it's one of those cases of like, don't judge a show by a, by its trailer because that trailer is still just terrible. I mean, it it does not. I mean, if you want a reason to watch the show, don't watch the trailer because it doesn't really. I mean, it's poorly edited. It um, takes lines and characters out of context. It just doesn't really. It doesn't really show you what the show is about. It doesn't just give you any reason to watch it. So. Um, so I was one of the many who was really turned off by the trailer, and I'm like, what is this? This is not Teen Titans. This is just, like, I don't even want to know. And so I was not at all excited about this show. Um, but, you know, of course, once I got the app and, you know, I had enough good content there to enjoy, I was like, eh, okay, I'll go ahead and give it a shot. There was also, you know, the buzz was that, uh, you know, the reviews that were, they'd come out early, 
worth saying that, you know, hey, it's actually not too bad. It's not great. Like, like but... 8.25 out of 10, you know, good. Yeah, which is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I will share my thoughts on, I, I watched the pilot on Friday. Um, so yes, it's not bad. It's not amazing. Um, but um, there's a lot of things I enjoyed about it. So let me kind of break it down uh, first with characters. Okay, so yeah. um, so in the pilot, we meet all four main titans, Robin, Raven, Starfire, and Beast Boy. Um, but it's real. the pilot is very much focused on Robin and Raven, um, both of whom I really loved. Uh, and so with Robin, um, this is the Dick Grayson version. And I will say that the character to me, maybe the one of the reasons I really liked him is that uh, he felt more like Tim Drake than he did Dick Grayson. Uh, for one, he's a detective by day, which fits with Tim Drake's origin. I love and, that. Um, and also, he's trying to kind of distance himself from Batman in a way, not like in a... The reason the F Batman line was taken totally out of context is because in the trailer, it made it seem like he's totally a rebel and like is literally has has major beef with Batman. And sure he's does. Like, and all that. And that is not something I wanted at all to see. I'm like, that's dumb. That's unnecessary. I don't want a super high level angsty Robin roaming the streets and, you know, beating people off to death. That's just not what I want to see. Um, the F Batman line is used in a much more comedic fashion in that scene, um, because basically, you know, the, I mean, it's not really a big spoiler, but just like he's in a fight with these gangsters. One of them says like, oh, the little birdie's out alone. Where's the bat? You know, and um, they, and just, you know, talking down to him. And then Robin, of course, you know, takes all them out. And at the end, he just says F, F Batman in a joking way, like, you know, hey, like, um, you know, to say that, hey, I'm not the punk little birdie kid, you know, like I'm my own hero, you know, is basically right. what he's saying. Right, I get so, it. Right. Um, but yeah, so, and in that respect, that's again why I say he's more like Tim Drake because he's trying, so basically he moves from Gotham to Detroit in the pilot um, to be a detective and kind of, and he's basically acting as Robin on his own. Um, he's not Nightwing yet, but he's acting, you know, as Robin without Batman. Not that he hates Batman, but he wants, he's afraid of becoming too much like him and he wants to develop his own persona, his own hero, um, which is something I really liked. And so, um, so this is really different than previous Teen Titans, though. It is. It's Well, the whole show is very different than any incarnation of Teen Titans. And that's another thing is, you know, because I'm a big Titans fan. I love the book. I love the Marvel Wolfman run. I love I'm going through Jeff Johns right now. And even if you've read a lot of Titans, uh, I would say go into this show without any of those expectations because you are going to be disappointed if you want something that is very much like the Marv Wolfman, George Perez run, or any other run of Teen Titans you've read. Um, and it's certainly not Teen Titans Go, because this is a very adult, very mature show. Um, but, you know, that's I, I think one of the things that's most interesting about Teen Titans is that, yes, while it is a book about a group of teenagers hanging out and, you know, forming their own superhero team, it's coming of age and... Um, it's a very, it has a lot of joy to it when you read Teen Titans. There are also a lot of really mature, dark themes in them, and especially in the older stuff and in the Jeff Johns. And um, I haven't read New 52 yet, but they're, they're always up against really dark threats that um, some of which are too dark for even the Justice League to handle. You know, I mean, 
they I mean, you look at Raven's origin as the daughter of a demon who's destined to usher in the apocalypse. I mean, there's nothing light about that, you know, right. uh, but regard. But the tone of this show is very dark and muted um, in a way. I think it is a little too excessive. I think the violence is a little over the top. Um, it's not so much that it distracts me, but it could be toned down. I don't think it needs to be that dark and that grim. Uh, but do you um, mean the grimness or do you mean the actual violence? I'm a little of both. Like, I mean, it's a very great, like the lighting is very grim throughout there. Most every scene takes place at night. And even the ones that are in the day, it's a very muted cinematography and, uh, and lighting and everything. Why? Um, Why is that? And I, I don't, I think it's unnecessary. Um, it's totally you know. unnecessary. Your show doesn't have to be literally dark to be dark. I mean, that's, exactly. yeah. I don't get that decision. I hate that decision. In fact, I don't right. like dark, gloomy shows. Like the whole no. reason it's so nice to watch the Arrowverse. I mean, you know, especially the flash when it came out, it was yeah. such a breath of fresh air to people. Cause exactly. they were like, ah, no, I fully agree. And, and especially arrow does a really good job with it because it's on the darker side of the Arrowverse and, it's still a super fun show to watch. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, a lot of people said it was too grim dark, at least early on. And then in certain parts of certain seasons, people ripped on it for that. But yeah. Right. Um, but it's still the more like he's the more brooding hero of the four. And uh, and but they still make it, you know, entertaining and fun. This right. one definitely is too dark. I think it could definitely be toned down. And I hope they do eventually. Um, especially, you know, when they bring in, I'm really curious to see the Hawk and Dove episode this week. Um, that's what it's titled. So I'm really excited to see those characters. Um, but yeah, I I mean, I know it's just the pilot, but right now it needs more levity, more, you know, just light fun in it. Well, it's not likely. I mean, it's possible. I mean, also let's not forget that my understanding is that critics have seen the first three. Yeah. Um, that, and that, so that bodes well. Sure. Um, right. That bodes right. well. Is that the critics are talking about it based on three episodes, not just the one that everybody else has seen that we've right. all seen, or I haven't, but that you have. Um, right. So right. that that that's a little promising. I think that's what I read. Didn't you read that? I did too. Yes. No. They. I think it was the first three as well. But yeah. Okay. Um. But so going back to the characters. So yes, I love Robin. I I'm really in, I think he's probably he and Raven are the reason I'm most you know intrigued to keep going here. Well, I think uh, they're banking I, on that. Yes, absolutely. Um, but yeah, basically, so the pilot is very much focused on them. They both come into Detroit at the same time. Raven is running away. Robin has just moved there. Um, they meet, you know, and she's a little younger than he is. And so, um, and she's trying to find someone to help her out. Um, and, you know, um, she, and she also had vision. The, the, the episode, this isn't a huge spoiler, but like the episode opens with Raven having visions of, the murder of Dick Grayson's parents. And so that's what kind of draws her to him. Um, and so, um, and uh, I really like what they do with Raven. Um, I've said many times that Raven is my favorite DC heroine. Um, I love her backstory. I love just the portrayal of her character in the comics. And, uh, so it's really exciting to see, uh, you know, a live action portrayal of her. Um, I think the actress is solid, and yeah, I mean, and the CGI is not too bad for her. I mean, especially because that's another thing I was a little concerned about. But um, I think they've done a good job with that so far. And so, yeah, the first episode very much focused on them. Good acting on their part. Um, I'm interested to see where their stories will go. We also meet Starfire. She's not in it as much as Robin Raven, but 
we get a little bit of her backstory and a little bit of, you know, the actress. Starfire, I, for me, it's too hard to tell what I really think of this version of the character. It's very different from any other version of Starfire we've ever seen, um, you know, just in the characterization of her and what information about her backstory we do have. So I need to see more of it before I really have an opinion. Um, I like the actress. She's fine. But uh, but as it stands, I just I don't know. I need to see more whether I can say whether I like this version or not. Um, And so uh, and I think we will get to know her more in the coming episodes. Um, And then Beast Boy, we only meet at the very end of the episode um, in a scene that and he seems to be the most like his character in the comics. Very comic relief. Um, Basically, I mean, well, thank God. Yes, we need it. Absolutely. No, the the scene he is featured in, um, he uses his powers to disguise himself as a tiger, break into an entertainment shop, and steal a video game. And so that's very much in line with Beast Boy's character. Yes, please. Uh, uh, Yes, exactly. So we need that comic relief for sure. Um, So overall, my thoughts on it, it's not great. It's not bad. I give it like a 7 out of 10, I would say. I was just going to guess. Based on what you just said, I would say 7. Yeah. So it's definitely, there's enough there to keep me watching and keep me interested. Um, but, you know, it's definitely not something I love as much as, you know, the Teen Titans comics or anything like that. But it's an interesting adaptation. It's very different. And again, you have to go in with really um, no preconceived notions and no expectations because right. it is so different. Um, but, it, you know, and uh, but Jeff Johns and Akiva Goldsman, who... Yeah, Kevin Goldsman does not have the best track record. Um, the last time he did anything DC was Batman and Robin and Batman Forever, both of which he scripted. Um, so that was probably my number one hesitation about this show. Um, no offense, but I just don't really like his body of work. Um, and I think many would agree with me. But um, but regardless, though, he and Jeff Johns have been working on developing this project for a, I mean, they, I read an interview that said they've been trying to bring it to life for years. I mean, the long before the DC streaming service was even a thing um, or even in the works. So, um, so it's definitely a passion project for them. And I think there is a lot in there to really entertain uh, fans. Um, It's probably not going to be the most well, you know, received from a critical standpoint, but I think there is enough there for fans to, you know, check out and keep watching. Um, so it's interesting. I, you know, sounds good. I, so, hey, hey, I, I hear, why don't you stop and and yeah. do this? Give it sure. some time because you sound very like mixed on it. Give it like two more I, episodes at least because you're yeah. just you're you're going back and forth, and I want you to have some more time to like congeal your thoughts because you oh, know absolutely. everything you've said has given us a lot to chew on as far as what you think. But I think even you, like you've seen so little of it at this point. Exactly, and I mean it's really hard to to judge it just on a pilot. Um, but and, I'm and on a pilot that's fifty percent of the cast. I mean, exactly. Exactly. it's just not. It's just not. Yeah. So everything I'm hearing from you is looks good enough to get me to watch the next one, and that's kind of all you can yep. ask for at this point. Right. You know? right. Cool. Right. Very cool. Well, hey, on that note, and on the note of um, you know, sort of bucking expectations, you and I about a week and two days ago saw Venom. Yeah. We and did. Um, I was, you know, we had agreed to go see this and leading up to it, I was like, oh, man, are we really going to this? <laughs> I mean, I really thought that because I was no, just like, were, man, I mean, I, you were like, I'm not going to enjoy this at all. I don't that think was- I didn't think I was. And, you know, a lot of that is like 
thinking about uh, a lot of the source material, right? So thinking about, for me, um, McFarlane. Like, I don't want to read any McFarlane shit. Like, he's not bad. He's very talented, no question. But I just don't like that stuff. It's just not my thing. Like, I don't want to watch... Like, look at McFarlane, like, doodling up these crazy, like, Venoms. You even mentioned it as part of what you're complaining about later in this movie, and I won't I won't spoil that view. But, you know, watching Venom creatures fight each other, you know, with, with sick, gross, dripping colors. Like, I just right. don't – I don't like that. And right. And also, like, the whole idea of Venom being – spider-man's you know perfect mirror image right or or the corrupting force on spider-man or let's just say you know the the main antagonist in the worst spider-man movie potentially ever depending on your opinions um you know it's but yeah yeah (laughs) uh, uh uh-huh one of the antagonists there's actually three in that movie no but i know but but when i say like the the probably the primary antagonist because he's not only one of the antagonists but he's also like literally peter's nemesis in that you know right, so right, it's in right. a way it's like the ultimate antagonist anyway right, a lot of people right. say he's like the ultimate spidey villain I, I don't know if i agree with that but that people I say. disagree I, I say doc ock is the best and sure and sure. The more, yeah, but, but yeah. regardless the different people have different views for different reasons anyway sure. that said um you know a venom movie without spider-man just seems out of balance out of whack like what is that what did that Did you hear that? What was that? You there? Now I'm here. Are you there? Hey, you there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that was weird, but let's just keep going. Okay. Okay. All right. Sorry, listeners. Technical difficulties tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, is what it is. Anyway, um, so so you know, for me, um, I, I, it's just. It's just like out of whack. There's no light element in that. There's just dark, right, right. and and it's just like horror infused, and and just just I don't know. It's just not yeah. what not what I'd want to see. Um, and what I found actually, let me let, let's hear your take first on going in before I give my thoughts on like how I felt when I actually got there and started watching it. Sure. Uh, going in, you know, I mean, I mean, I had similar. I I wasn't as low expectations as Rich, but I wasn't expecting much. I was basically. I, I mean, I was, con- I would, I came in saying to myself, I'll be content if it's just a fun, dumb kind of B horror ish movie. Um, and I also came in, rewatched Spider-Man three the night before just for fun. And Spider-Man three was, I mean, it's just so bad that it's good, you know, and even worse than I remember when I saw it, you know, in middle school and just rewatching that I rewatched it on Netflix and, just seeing how bad the dialogue and the plotting and everything in that movie is, you know, was, I mean, it's so bad that it's delightful. And so I, I came in and was like, you know, there's not going to be a Spider-Man universe movie. that's as much a travesty as that. So, you know, Hey, if Venom is entertaining, then I'm good, you know? Um, but yeah, I wasn't expecting much. I mean, it was, um, with all the reviews that had trashed it and then, but not beyond that. It was just like, you know, like Rich said, it's, I mean, and I'm also not a huge McFarland fan. I mean, I've read some spawn and it's not really, I mean, it's a cool kind of concept and a cool character, but it's not enough to really keep me reading, you know, however many volumes that, that book there are. Um, and he is so grim. And I even saw an article recently that McFarland said that he wants his next spawn movie, which he's developing um, to be, 
so dark and nightmarish that it's that it gives kids nightmares and i'm just like really that, okay that guy needs help but <laughs> um but yeah i was so i was basically expecting you know something pretty mediocre but entertaining enough you know uh yeah exactly so okay so my take um going in immediately starting the, the movie started and i was struck by the acting decisions tom hardy made um, yeah, he really makes this movie no shit. Right. But the thing that makes it so good is not what I would have ever predicted or expected. And I'm no Tom Hardy expert, but I will. T- I sound like I've watched Taboo twice, you know, but I will tell you that he has a lot of range. And um, one thing that's really impressive is so talking like I was before about this this venom monster it's big it's drippy it's gross it's 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 90s as hell you know it's very not in sync with our current sensibility when it comes to movies and drama it's it's very much not like like it's not the MCU tone it's not even the DCEU tone really it's not the breaking bad tone it's not the orange is the new black tone there's no it's none of those it's 90s and in order to match that energy tom hardy made these brilliant decision to make his character like i can't even do it but he did this real like new yorker lilt or chicago and lilt where yeah. he's just, where he's just like, he's just like, you know, he's just like, he's like, he's, he's almost like moving around. He's almost like, he's almost, he, he made himself into this perfect conduit, um, for Venom to come in and be a symbiote to him. Um, he be, he, you know, just like Venom has to sort of find its perfect mate in a way, you know, Tom Hardy found his way to being like a good match for Venom. So he created a character that makes sense. When the two come together, like you can see how that synergy would work. Whereas if he played it real straight or real dark or real anything else other than he did, it would just seem like no way is Venom and him going to get along. It's not. There's not going to be any symbiosis there. It's not going to make sense. It's a very hard thing to explain. But when you see the movie, you'll understand. He he's 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 like... He's different. He's a different uh, Tom Hardy than you've ever seen. And it's really cool. Really cool. Um, And that decision, at first when I heard it for the first 10 minutes of the movie, I was like, wow. He sounds like, like, this is an odd choice. He sounds weird. He sounds like he's making, like, his accent's kind of weird. The way he's acting is kind of weird. I don't know how I feel about this. This movie may be, like, the biggest, this this may be, like, the room bad, you know? Um, like yeah. we're laughing at like the, 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 the terrible acting choices that Tom Hardy right, made right. 10 years from now. And then as the movie went on, you know how like bold choices, they either work or they don't work. Yeah. This choice fucking works. And as that movie goes and as the Venom symbiote comes in and as like he's being thrown around and I even heard that like he, he, uh, he, you know, as part of this persona he took on doing this movie, he jumped into a lobster tank for a scene that was totally improv I mean, it's crazy. Um, he he literally just became this role, so that when the Venom symbiote was in him, it wasn't that different from like what he'd already created on screen. Um, I, it just just his performance. Just I mean, anyway, it's great. No, I agree. I mean, it was something I also was skeptical at first. Uh, I, I think I'm glad you brought that up. Like that first ten minutes, I was a little off put by that. And I wasn't really sure. Um, and part of it, too, is you think of, like, the last 
uh, string of performances from Tom Hardy in big blockbusters. He's so stoic and he plays, you know, characters like Bane and Mad Max and um, and then in Dunkirk, you know, there was a joke on Screen Junkies uh, in one of the an honest trailer for one of those movies. I can't remember which one that was talking about that. That was like, uh, you know, um, Tom Hardy has his face covered in half his movies, you know, um, and it's and which is true, you know, and and even in like Inception, he plays these kind of like really reserved characters. And um, so that was probably the first thing to take away is just how um, just wacky and really uh, much of a loose cannon Eddie Brock is here. And it's weird to see Eddie Brock in that role and in that persona at first. But like you said, I really warmed up to it after mm-hmm. a while. Um, and so, and I, and I came to really like it as well because um, it makes for, and we'll get to this as well, you know, in, in conjunction with the Venom character is that Eddie Brock is kind of a loose cannon and then Venom kind of like chooses him because of that. And they very much work in sync with one another. Um, and that's what really helps form this kind of anti-hero character of like, yeah, he's not a total like goody two shoes at all, but he's not a villain either, you know? And I really liked how they played that throughout the movie. Um, so that was definitely probably the, one of the things I liked the most. Yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, um, aside from that, I mean, I also really liked the guy that played, um, the bad guy, the Elon Musk of it all, let's say. Yeah. yeah. Um, He's the guy from... Oh, he's the guy from Rogue One. Yeah. Um, can you look up his name real quick? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I think, absolutely. I think it's, oh, it's Riz Ahmed. Yeah, and not only it. that, but he's also in, like, his big tour de force performance um, was um, was in uh, that, uh, the, the uh, what is that thing called? The Night Of, the Night Of on HBO. Um, okay. That yeah. is, like, his big, like, oh, my God, this guy's a genius, you know? And I don't yeah. really know what happens, but I know there's big twists on that show, and, and it has something to do with, like, his brilliant acting. I don't really want to know exactly, but anyway. Um, yeah. But, but the point is, he's good. I mean, the role is really hammy and ham-fisted and really shallow and two-dimensional. Sure. But whatever. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of my takeaway from this movie while I was watching it and then after was – a, I went in with real low expectations, yeah. and that really helped me. Like, really helped me. Um, expectations are so important. I talk about this a lot, but the scariest part of the roller coaster, by far, is going up, waiting in line, and then going up. Going down is like a cakewalk. Anticipation, uh, um, and and sort of your expectations have so much to do with life. It's insane. Um, and you know, quite frankly. It was, um, quite frankly, it's just a, uh, you know, a, a movie that if you don't go in there expecting too much, you will have a good time. And a lot of audiences did. And, you know, it's the 90s vibe. I mean, every the big takeaway has been go in expecting a 90s superhero movie, not a, you know, or, or, or a 2000s superhero movie, not a modern day superhero movie. And that's true, I suppose. Right, right. Um, oh, it's very it's, much 90s, early 2000s, you know, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, and that's but that's not a bad thing because we don't have much yeah. about that. Sure, sure. No, I I don't see that as a criticism either because I mean, I think it adds something, you know, it adds some diversity to you know the comic book movie spectrum today. You know, it's not everything is MCU or 
um, or even DCU or whatever. Um, this is something that's, yeah, very much a throwback and, um, and it has a different style to it. And, uh, but I, yeah, I, I quite like that, you know? It's, 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 it's just a, it's just a good experience overall, I thought. And, and, you know, Michelle Williams is another aspect of the movie to think about, right? She's decent. You know, she's cute. There's a lot of roles like this in a lot of these superhero movies that, you know, they're underutilized women. I mean, there's no question, but the men are underutilized too. I mean, the movie's just not like a brilliant film. Um, and so it's just, she's cute. She's fun. She's the girlfriend, you know, the ex-girlfriend. I like that. I like that that never totally, uh you know, becomes, you know, their relationship doesn't get back now, together. You know, it's not as predictable as you could expect. Now, granted, on that note, though, so the dialogue is pretty stinted and pretty weak throughout, but the worst example of it is the breakup scene, which happens about, like, 10, 15 minutes in, whatever, and basically, you know, like, um, in the same moment, like, just after Eddie gets fired because he went snooping around and um, and tried to do a kind of like takedown interview with Riz Ahmed's character. And, you know, and he was supposed to do a more, you know, PR type interview with him. And he asked him really hard questions and gets fired. You know, moments later, Michelle Williams dumps him. And in a really stupid way, like she's just like the night before they're engaged. And now she gets mad at him because what was it like? He had looked at a file or something and that, um, got her in trouble or something like that, and then he loses his job. But anyway, it was it was enough for her to be mad at him. But she straight up like says, "We're done," throws the ring at him and walks away. And like, and you know, they had had this like really like cute love scene the night before, and it goes just one eighty there. That was just dumb to me. But yeah. um, but you know, it. I mean, again, I don't. I didn't expect much, so I wasn't really surprised that we had you know, moments like that, but that was probably the worst example of, you know, the sort of really muted, just weak dialogue that's pretty prevalent throughout the movie. While I was entertained, you know, I'm not going to deny that it's not exactly high quality writing or anything like that. Now, I will tell you another thing that I thought was uh, really interesting, and that uh, was the relationship. First of all, the character of Venom, the symbiote. Yeah. And also, I loved him. And also yeah. the relationship between Tom Hardy and Venom was like believable, unbelievably. Right, right. right. Um, and like the big turn in the movie, and I don't know if this is like a big surprise, and I don't, you know, people know listening to this is going to be spoilers. The fact that first of all, um, Venom decides the symbiote decides, and I guess they had to do this for there to be sequels and stuff. Venom decides by the end that he likes the Earth and he wants to save it. And number two. Um, I'm a. I'm surprised at that decision, that he's not like more of an anti-hero, more of a more of a sort of an anti rather than a hero. And two, I can't believe I actually bought it, but I did. I bought it. I bought that there could be a whole race of alien symbiotes, but that Venom could kind of be like low man on that totem pole. But when he's on Earth, yeah. he's kind of the top high man on the totem pole. Like I bought that. I really did. Yeah. No. I mean that's a good point. I mean you're right in that they did a really good job. Um, and I talked about this a little bit earlier, but like. Uh, you know, the relationship between Eddie and Venom and, you know, you see why Venom chose him and um, they had really nice chemistry there. Um, it's weird saying they have chemistry, but but it's true. Yeah. And yeah, this idea that he's going to be, you know, against all the um, alien symbiotes that try to take over Earth and wipe all the humans out. Uh, yeah, it's I mean, 
it's one of those that it's a really out there concept, but I thought they did make it believable as well. So I agree. There. All right. Well, that's, I mean, really, there's not that much more to say. I mean, I would say this. I liked it a lot. I, I would give it like a seven, five, almost an eight. Now, let me just, let me, let me characterize. You know, there's a big distinction between favorites and what's good or best right, or whatever. Right. Um, sure. I liked this eight out of 10. It is not an eight out of 10 objective film. It just is. No, no. Right. Um, and so, I mean, I, I'd say that's, that's kind of my take. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I give it more like a seven. Um, maybe, I mean, maybe six, five, if I'm being more critical, but, uh, but I, it was entertaining enough. Do you, so. do you not give it a seven, five though, as far as enjoyment, or do you really give it a six, five all the way around? I give it more like a, like seven on enjoyment. Okay. Um, not quite seven, five or eight, but, um, I didn't, well, I didn't like it quite as much as you did. I, I mean, yeah. I liked it, but yeah. it wasn't yeah. like, you know, I wasn't as into it. I, I had a decent time. There was parts where I got bored, but overall it was an entertaining, you know, October watch. Probably not something I'm going to like buy or anything when it comes out, but like if it pops up on HBO or Netflix, I'd watch it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. it's decent. Um, I'm also really excited that from the post credit scene that uh, Woody Harrelson's going to be playing Carnage in the sequel. So that's really cool. So I, I know that, that was yeah. really cool. That's a good fit. I mean, if you want to talk about a comic book character that Woody Harrelson could bring to life, I think that's a perfect fit there. So, um, so that'll be, you know, and, and they, they're definitely on board for a sequel. Um, granted the next movie in this Sony Spider-Man universe, whatever you want to call it is going to be Morbius with Jared Leto. I don't know um, what to make of no. this. I don't know what no. to make of this. All no, I can say, a- all I can say is, um, uh, I, I hate this. I hate this idea. But you know what? But you know what? Hey, I mean, he just is like, it's the last thing Jared Leto's career needs. You know, like, what is he thinking? Like, does he want, I mean, his career has been taking a fucking nosedive. It, the, 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 the nose came up a little bit with Blade Runner. And then, right. like, you know, with him picking weird implants to put in the side of his head, and, like, at least it was, like, not super blatant decisions, you know? Uh, he didn't make that up anyway. That wasn't his That wasn't his choice anyway. But, but I mean... Can you imagine what he's going to do to get into character for a vampire role? Like, he might actually God. suck real blood or, like, purchase, yeah. like, lamb's blood and drink it a la um, Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob back in their relationship days. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. It, it's... Very possible. Oh man! So well, that, hey, that's uh, one I'm I'm more excited about the behind the scenes stuff of that movie than the actual movie. I mean, I honestly, I I'm excited about that movie because like if I could go see it tomorrow, I would because my expectations <laughs> are on the floor and like if, if it's at all good, I'm gonna be like a tour de force, <laughs> four stars out of four. <laughs> Ebert Ebert yeah. should not be rolling in his grave. In fact, he should be pumped for how brilliant. Um, Leto's decisions were from an acting perspective. What a brave role. <laughs> anyway. Well, time will tell. That's the next one on the list. So we, I think that either maybe 2018, 2020, whatever, whenever that's, uh, I mean, it's going to filming soon. So we hey, will man. see. Hey, that, so all, so think about this, even though we don't know about it, all of those on set and like real world shenanigans are happening right now. Yeah, they are. Like, so Jared Leto's, like, drinking blood right this minute, right while we're talking about him. I bet you his ears are burning listening to us, like, you know, through the oh, cosmos. Sure. 
through the cosmos. Hey, Kevin, man, what a messy, what a messy episode. But boy, I had a good time. Oh, it was a blast. And I mean, apologies to listeners out there for technical difficulties. It happens, and you know, you just gotta roll with the flow. But uh, we hope that we delivered some good content here for you. And um, like Mark, uh, please tweet at us. We want to hear your feedback. We want to hear from you. Uh, we love connecting with our listeners. Um, on that note, real quick, too, we will be at NC Comic Con Bull City in just a few weeks. Um, awesome. That is November awesome. 9th through 11th at the Durham Convention Center. So if any of our listeners out there are, are from North Carolina or in the area, or you just want to come travel, um, it's a great show. We will be there doing at least one panel. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'll be tabling. So it'll be a blast. So you should come check it out. Awesome. Well, hey, on that note, um, I am Rich Lepore. Gavin Shaver. And we'll see you all soon. Take care.